0: Good morning. This is Sunday, July 24th, and we've been having storms and humidity and heat. Uh, Not as hot, I think, as some other places in the country, so we're grateful for that. But incredible thunder and lightning, mostly the thunder, the noises are uh, amazing. It's very unlike anything I've experienced in the Midwest. So, it continues today. Uh, the Jimmy Buffett concert last night, just over the uh, border in uh, Wisconsin, was canceled last night, was canceled last night. So, I, I think a lot of people didn't find that out until they got there. So, that's a big deal. <laughs> big outdoor concerts. That's usually what's going on this time of the year up here. So we are dealing with climate change, and it, this is this is our new normal, I guess. I have a, a shout out this morning, a very good friend from long, long ago, um, and I've, uh, we've been in touch. and uh, He's he's a dear friend, and his wife has become someone I've never met her in person, but. Um you know, we regularly share uh a lot with her and th- they've I've uh followed their adventures of building a new home and they live in North Carolina. So yesterday I was able to talk to Alan or yet day I can't remember day before yesterday. Yesterday was Saturday. We had a long phone conversation, and I found out that he is having open heart surgery today. So, um, a long procedure today, and my thoughts and my prayers are, are with him, and just his his speedy recovery, and with uh, his wife, Kathy, who's you know they're great partners in this world, and just I know I know they're both. I know they're both worried and concerned for each other, and uh, I my heart is going out to him, so I just, I hope you can send some, if you're practicing loving kindness today, send some out to, not only to my friend Alan, but to people. People everywhere who are going through difficult personal struggles and personal issues. In the midst of our crazy world of samsara, and um, it's good to have it's good to have friends, and it's good to you know it's good to put some attention to them. So I want to start with reading today, and then uh, we'll meditate after that. So we're in Sylvia Borstein's book. Pay attention, for goodness' sake, and she's talking about the ten qualities that we consider uh, like really high qualities to uh, set our intentions towards and to work towards developing. This quality, the ten qualities, um, they're called sometimes the perfections of the heart. Uh, they're the they're the characteristics of a Buddha, and they come up all the time in our practice, regardless of what what uh, what kind of Buddhist you are. So we're on number five, and that is energy. And I want to read, like I've been doing, these are called the Paramitas, but um, Generosity, morality, renunciation, wisdom, and now energy. So, she starts the chapter with a quote, and she talks about it specifically, and then towards the end of this chapter, she'll do a good practice that you can use every day. And the meaning of energy may be different from what, from what you typically think of. So, Chapter 5, Energy. It is this way that we must train ourselves. By liberation of the self through love, we will develop love. We will practice it. We will make it both a way and the basis. Take a stand upon it. Store it up. And thoroughly set it going. So, we're not just reading about to understand and have a understanding of the Buddha's teachings, but are, but we're trying to integrate it into our lives to really penetrate these qualities and see the value of them and see how they work and then see how they work in our own lives. So she starts by explaining her chart, the practice of energy. I feel an invigorating consolidation of my energy, a striving to be here now, to be present. Each time I realize that now is the only time anything happens and that every now, disappearing just as rapidly as it arrives, has been shaped and created by a habit, and in its fleeting existence is shaping and creating habits. I know that my experience of a peaceful, happy mind depends on developing the habits that support it since habits are, by definition, deeply ingrained patterns, and all memories are immediately lost, and all moments, (laughs) some of us still keep some, some of our memories intact. Let's read that sentence again. Some habits are, by definition, deeply ingrained patterns, and all moments are immediately lost, I need to enlist every moment to teach me about suffering and the end of suffering, knowing that I haven't a moment to lose, keeping my energy level high. So here's, here is her energy meditation. In the Hollywood comedy about beauty pageants, Miss Congeniality, all but one of the contestants give the same answer to the question, what do you wish for most? They each say, world peace. The Maverick contestant wishes for something personal for her own happiness, and then, faced with a silent, shocked audience, adds, "And world peace. We laugh at that scene as we do through the whole movie, at being shown the emptiness under the glitter and the enormous energy being expended to win recognition for beauty that is artfully, but artificially enhanced, and ultimately bound to disappear. We take pleasure in seeing that the pageant is theater, all padding and crimping and practical responses that no one actually believes. Maybe we also laugh because the joke makes us a bit anxious, the way good humor ought to, and we become nervous. What do we wish for most? What rouses our energy? What if world peace is the winning answer, but we know in our heart of hearts that personal peace is what we wish for most? Here's reassuring news and a meditation to go with it. It is our own pain and our own desire to be free of it that alerts us to the suffering of the world. It is our personal discovery that pain can be acknowledged, even held lovingly that enables us to look at the pain around us unflinchingly and feel compassion being born in us. We need to start with ourselves. Try to read these instructions slowly all the way through before you begin so that you'll be able to meditate with your eyes closed. Plan to spend the first two or three minutes of your meditation time resting your attention simply in the coming and going of your breath. Letting your breath rhythm be natural and easy and letting your body relax. Then ask yourself the question. So, what I want to do, I'll read these instructions and we'll see this may be what we do at the end. begin with the questions, what do I wish for most? What do I most wish for were other than how it is? What is the source of my greatest pain? Feel what happens in your body and in your mind as you respond to that question. What is the source of my greatest pain? It's likely that your response will be habitual familiar. Try not to think about it, try to feel it. Remember to check in with your breathing. Remember the regularity of the breath to steady through your direct insight into suffering. Sit as comfortably as you can. Breathe, rest. Sit long enough for your body and mind to relax again. By doing this, you just learned a lot. You discovered that being directly in the middle of the truth, even if the truth is unpleasant, is manageable. You just set through the awareness of what is most painful to you. And even if you struggled a little bit and your mind and body became tense, to whatever degree you were able to relax again, you learned that suffering comes from struggling and that stopping the struggle is possible. And because you discovered by doing it, not by thinking about it, that non struggling acceptance ends suffering, you learn that now is the only time it's ever possible to unlearn habits of suffering. For myself, the awareness that I have a limited number of nows creates a sense of urgent striving. It restores my energy. Let me see what she is. She's got a lot of antidotes in this chapter. Okay, here's the very end of the chapter. Let's read this together, and then we can sit. You're not going to get to do today over. And this is the everyday energy practice. The one rebuke I recall ever hearing from my mother made a huge impression on me. I was 14 years old. I was, for whatever reason, I'd like to thank adolescent ho- hormones. Having a bad day and letting my family know I was unhappy in ways which included banging doors shut behind me as I moved around the house. I remember exactly which door I just banged when my mother looked up and said, you know, Sylvia, you're not going to get to do today over. Poof, all the steam went out of my door, slamming mood. I know that what I experienced most of all was surprise, not because of the rebuke, which was mild enough. It was the news. It was the only day that was going to be that day. 30 years later, my teacher, Joseph Goldstein, in a retreat interview in which I reported to him about my practice, my practice offered me the only rebuke of our long relationship i don't remember what i was doing probably speculating or dreaming up philosophical theories joseph said don't do that sylvia you've been practicing hard your attention is good use it to pay closer attention you have a lot of energy available to you don't squander it the urgency of the task It's painful to suffer and there is so little time to undo a lifetime, maybe more, of habits of suffering is a compelling call to pay attention all the time, not letting the mind be seduced into daydreams. Here are questions you could ask yourself during the day, on a bus, at work, at home, looking out the window, what's going on here that I don't see? What am I missing? What could I be seeing that would open my heart or lift it up? You could think of it as contemplation practice, reflecting, reflecting on the present moment, expecting to learn something new. The expectation energizes attention. So that energy we want is the energy of our attention. Very good. I think that this is just a short paragraph from uh, another antidote she had with um, someone asking the Dalai Lama about I'm teaching all the time people are so interested in Buddhism. I have no time off. <laughs> And the, uh, he had to, the Dalai Lama had to ask his interpreter what time off meant. His English is good, but he didn't understand that phrase. He leaned over toward his interpreter, and they had a vigorous discussion back and forth, as the interpreter apparently needed several chances to reformulate the meaning of the idiom so that it was understood. Suddenly the Dalai Lama laughed, a robust, cheerful, impish laugh and turned back to the person who had asked the questions. Do bodhisattvas, or that can be what we call a saint, do bodhisattvas get time off?" he asked. So everyone laughed. The Dalai Lama is known for his intense teachings and traveling schedule, for his tireless work on behalf of freedom for all people, and he is playful. I thought, he doesn't rest, but his mind does. He has taken a holiday from suffering. That's what gives him his energy. I think about the way in which fully attending to the pain in the world and resolving to end it energizes the mind. Perhaps it is paying attention that creates passion, making us truly alive in our lives for however long we live. Maybe it even extends our life. So, why don't we just sit, just sit in that recognition, we'll sit for a bit together, we have about eight minutes, and just sit with that reminder, with that idea, that paying attention to things, being aware of things, what am I missing, what could I be seeing that might open my heart? More to this situation. Just sitting with that. So energy isn't running around, trying to get endless little chores done. This is the energy of paying attention and living in the present moment. Let your body relax. Take a few deep breaths in and out to begin to kind of bring everything together into the present moment, your body, your mind, your thoughts, try to bring them right to the present moment. I think a good question to ask is what am I paying attention to? Now, be back with your normal breath and just be aware of the body breathing. Let your body relax. But be attentive. Be aware of the breath. Be awake. If you get drowsy, you can open your eyes or you can roll your shoulders back and let your spine lift up more. So you feel lifted up. Where do you feel the pain? Where do you feel the pain in your life? I'm just going to read the first part of the meditation to help us understand that compassion of wanting to use our energy to pay attention. Right now, just be resting on your breath. And just, just let this question be in your mind. What do I wish for most? What do I most wish were other than how, what, what do I most wish were other than how it is. So what do I wish for most? What do I most wish were other than how it is? And what is the source of my greatest pain? What is the source of my greatest pain? Feel what happens in your body and in your mind as you respond to that question. Your response may be habitual, very familiar response. Try not to think about it, try to feel it. What is the source of my greatest pain? Try to feel it, but remember to keep coming back to your breath. As comfortably as you can and breathe. This is helping us actually have direct insight into our own suffering. Now just come back to your breath. Let your body relax. Just keep letting go now, just let go. Just focus on your breath. You can let go of those questions. You can sit with them another time as long as you want, just to begin to experience our own Dissatisfaction, perhaps, with our lives or what we would want most to change. Remember those questions. What do I wish for most? What do I most wish for other than how it is right now? And what is the source of my greatest pain? Try to feel those. you can practice that any time and just try to feel it in your body. It's getting in touch with our own suffering. It may be mental, it can be physical, it may just be uh, emotional, but we can get in touch with that. And then being in touch with our own suffering, we have compassion for ourselves. We do have things that we miss, that we want, that we don't feel like we've, we, we want it, but we don't have it. We don't know how to get it. Or there may be pain that we, we experience at whatever level that we wish were different than it is right now. Whatever that is, just by tapping into it and seeing it in ourselves, then we're able to see it in others and have compassion for them and be caring. Compassion is caring. So this practice, I think, can help us get in touch with the need to care for ourselves because we see our, our suffering, our dissatisfaction, and we can care for ourselves love ourselves be kind to ourselves and then we can see how the rest of the world is just like us so when you in that practice be sure to come back to the present moment and to be to let go of let go of feeling the pain or feeling the suffering let go of it don't hang on to it and carry it around with you. Don't let the day be wasted. Let your attention today be... Uh, let, it be let your attention be on the right things. What can you do to uh, see something that maybe you're not seeing in your life? How can you pay more attention to those around you or to just what's going on in your world? all those can be ways to help you in that feeling of uh, tenderness and uh, suffering pay attention don't waste don't waste the day you may look like you're not doing anything but if you're paying attention that's using your energy wisely paying attention and seeing how it might help you something you see may help you understand something that helped you open your heart. So thank you so much. If you're dealing with bad health or upcoming surgery or or know anyone who is, just please send blessings to them and good thoughts and prayers and uh, keep your heart open for ways you might be able to care for them. So may everything we do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all other living beings, those we love, those who are good friends, who are acquaintances, who are strangers, all creatures, all beings everywhere. Just let it extend out. Pay attention today. Use that energy wisely by paying attention. Thank you. So hopefully I'll see your your names again on Tuesday.